The following is a Cheeky Leprechaun production. Pop culture is the entirety of ideas. I love it. me, Mario. Let the bass kick. Fresh up. I am the greatest. Holy eggshell. I am the father. Welcome to the Pop Culture Report. I am Dan O'Kelly. Um, solo this episode, just me. Just me sitting here in the little room. Thought that uh, maybe for a change of pace. Uh, well, I've done them in the past. Last year I was doing a couple here and there where it would just be me. Just, you know, you know shooting the shit with the news maybe. Or, um, you know, maybe wrestling with some ideas that are in my head about certain things. And let's be honest, sometimes you can't always get a guest. Now, could I have got a guest this week? Yeah, probably. Probably. But there are going to be weeks where I can't. So, very mindful that, um, you know, sometimes it's going to be fun if I can just sit down and have a conversation, me to you, or, you know, in the setting I'm in right now, just me to myself, uh, with the intention of you listening. But, uh, yeah, so this week, just be me, uh, sitting here, I've made myself a coffee. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, you'd know, almond latte, kind of guy, kind of guy. So, well, what's happened this week? There's been a bit to talk about, but largely this episode, the thing I'm going to tackle, there's going to be two things I'll tackle for the most part. We're going to look at Birds of Prey and, what is it, the uh, fantastical emancipation of one Harley Quinn, I think that's what it's called, the extended title. I mean, that's the extended title, but let's be honest, if you've been up to date with this, you know that Warner Brothers panicked a little bit once they fired their shot that was Birds of Prey, and uh, they released it, and it, it, I don't know what they were expecting, they sort of, I don't know if Warner Brothers acted like this based on um, the public's perception of if it was if the film was failing or if Warner Brothers genuinely felt it was. I mean, opening weekend in the states it made thirty three mil, um, which uh, it's it's a film that has yes Harley Quinn, which let's be honest, traditionally is the sidekick of the Joker. There's no Joker in this. Uh, there's no Batman in this. But Harley Quinn has proven, you know, in Suicide Squad, she was the hit. That was the talking point. That's what everyone took away. How good is Harley Quinn? Harley Quinn is, by all means, a pop culture phenomenon herself. Um, But it's like they were expecting this to be, you know, Iron Man 1. Or, you know, one of those films that sort of took everyone by surprise and the studio was able to sit back and say, see, we told you. I never expected that from Birds of Prey. Not at all. I, initially, my reaction when they announced Birds of Prey was, whoa, why are, we, why are we having that? Why? I mean, I'd heard stories that, hey, they're going to do a Harley Quinn movie. And I was like, yeah, all right, cool, I guess. There was talk of them making, um, oh, goodness gracious, what's that Harley Quinn I'll come back to that, but um, yeah, there was talk that it was going to be a Harley Quinn and maybe Joker movie. Um, Joker, Mad Love, thank you. 
That's the comic I was thinking of. Iconic comic book, uh, comic book graphic novel, actually. And uh, there was talk that they were maybe going to do that. And I believe at one point the writers attached to that were the creators of This Is Us, the very, very emotional TV show that myself and Georgia, my girlfriend, are currently watching. Love it. Fantastic uh, TV show. Hugely emotional, though. So I was really excited by the concept of, hey... These people that have created this fantastic TV show are going to tackle the romance, I guess, of uh, Harley Quinn and Joker. But that wasn't to be. I mean, one thing led to another. Let's be honest, Jared Leto's Joker was not overly well received and it copped an extra little kick in the face with uh, Joaquin Phoenix Joker film. Um, so that's done. That's done. But, back to my main point, which was, I, I don't know if they were really expecting this to be some sort of pop culture phenomenon, I guess, is what I'm looking for. Uh, one of the comic book movies, similar to Joker, where they sit back and they go, who would have thought that this could be this successful? I think for what uh, what it is, it's, it's doing pretty well. It's doing alright. It's not doing the same numbers as Avengers Endgame, but nothing's gonna. At this point, nothing is going to. So, I, I did. I finally went to the movie, though. I went and had a look and uh, sussed it all out for myself. And uh, I think I need to turn myself up a little bit here. Hang on. That's maybe a little bit better. And went to a, a nice four o'clock session. Had the day off. Go in. It's fantastic, isn't it? You, I love going to the movies. You go in, little popcorn, you know, a couple of treats. And uh, settled in for a four o'clock session of Birds of Prey. And admittedly was sitting there with average expectations. My expectations started incredibly low for this film. As I said, when it was announced, I was like, why are we getting that? I don't feel like I need Birds of Prey. Not to mention, I've got no background as to why I should care about these other characters. Harley Quinn, yes, Suicide Squad became very likeable. Totally understand why I would uh, want to pay for a ticket to see Harley Quinn. But the movie's Birds of Prey. Okay? So, again, going back to Warner Brothers panicking, if you haven't kept up with it, they've actually gone and tried to get uh, certain cinemas in the States to change their listings of the title of the film on their websites. So instead of Birds of Prey, it's now Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Trying to really ham home that. Harley Quinn connection, because they think that's the money. It's like, well, you've, you kind of kind of stuffed that up from the get-go, didn't you? Because it hasn't really been marketed that well as being a Harley Quinn film. Now, back to me being in the cinema. What did I think? Well, what I've got to say is it, it set the tone pretty well from the get-go. Yes, I just said that. What happened? The opening sequence, by the way, there's going to be spoilers in this, so if you haven't seen it yet, maybe, it's not going to be a full-blown full review, I'm not going to go plot point for plot point, but, you know, if you don't want to get any idea, come back, listen to me after you've seen it. So anyway, it opens with like this, uh, I guess, a cartoon sequence uh, of Harley Quinn, and sort of Harley Quinn giving the backstory of her, it's catching people up, maybe they haven't seen Suicide Squad, let's be honest, Suicide Squad didn't give a great in-depth uh, story behind Joker and 
um, Harley Quinn's relationship, so it needed to be done. So she does, she does that, and uh, it was very entertaining. I quite liked it. it so think, uh, if you haven't seen this, think Grease, the opening of Grease. Sort of has some of the characters, it's all a bit fun. It, like, it, it gives it a childish feel as well, and sort of a bit of a fun feel. And that's what it did. It went through Joker and Harley's story. And what I found interesting, right? Here it is. So if you saw Suicide Squad, you remember Suicide Squad, bit of a hot mess. I personally didn't hate it, but it was. It was pretty messed up, especially towards the end. Fell apart. The Joker we got in that, very, very different. Very different to any other Joker we've seen. He's got tats. He's covered in tats. And um, he was like this gangster. Which, you know, it was like, uh, I still don't think I like it, to be honest. I don't think I really care for it. He would get around in like a bit of bling. He'd had a, he had a grill, teeth grill, one of those gangster teeth grills. And um, yeah, it was a miss. It was a swing and a miss. So what I thought was interesting was, yes, okay, we've probably come to terms with the fact we're not getting Jared Leto back as a Joker anytime soon. Secondly, there's a bit of, there's a bit of a rethink of, uh, did we? Did Joker look the way Joker should have looked? Were the tats too much? Was the bling too... Hmm. Was there a missed opportunity there? Well, this movie would give you that impression. Because, here's the thing. In this opening sequence of the cartoon opening, the Joker they've depicted in that, in the cartoon, is very traditional comic book slash cartoon Joker. No tats. No bling. Certainly no grills. I'm talking traditional purple suit, little orange tie or green tie and orange like flower on his chest. Sometimes even the hat, the purple Joker hat, um, which is synonymous with the Mark Hamill animated series Joker, whatever. And that, it, it was kind of almost like, oh no, this, you know, this is the Joker. This is the proper Joker. The other one, that you should really associate with me, Harley Quinn, from Suicide Squad, let's try and get you to forget about that. Now, there are a couple of moments throughout the movie where there is little shots or flashes of, uh, you know, uh, live-action Joker, but sort of like from behind or like very fleeting, so you don't actually... It's not Jared Leto, put it that way. It's not. It's just somebody that's done up to look like Joker. Um, and even then... The attire, the lack of tats, it's all very trying to change the perception of what you think of as Joker. Which, you know what, I'm fine with, because, yeah, they, they stuffed that in Suicide Squad. Totally stuffed it. So, yeah, the opening sequence was pretty fun. Pretty fun. I actually, and I, I was with Georgia, and she looked at me, and she was like, yeah, that was, that was good. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think we're, um, we're both surprised at this point. Okay, I, I feel like it set the tone. And it launches into it. And now, the movie, first of all, this should have been called Harley Quinn. I think. It's certainly her movie. Absolutely it is. It all centers around her, not to mention she's the best bit in it. Now, that shouldn't be a surprise to anyone. I'm not going to bury the lead. Harley Quinn, best thing in this movie. I'll get to that. I'll get to blowing, blowing up Margot Robbie a little bit later on. So there wasn't a need for the film, right? That's fine. Yes, it's loud. Very loud when it starts. 
Yeah, you, there's certain things in this film where it reality is blown out the window. You're sort of forced to go straight away, well, that could never happen. But what I like about that was it's, it fits in a Harley Quinn movie. Harley Quinn is so psychotic, right? She's so psychotic that realistically, she... What happens in her head is very different to uh, what is actually happening in real life, which is hilarious given that her background is a psychologist. She's a, she's a uh, what do they call it, a shrink. That's how she started. Um, so what a good example of it was uh, around uh, probably in the first half hour of the film, we've got Black Mask. Now, quick detour, Black Mask, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> okay, really good baddie. Yeah. Hey, Black Mask, I've obviously known about from the comics and stuff, but uh, there's something about what Ewan McGregor did here. He um did not hold back. It was slightly... You forget that it's Ewan McGregor. Everyone knows Ewan McGregor at this point, but this guy, he went completely insane for this movie. He was he was hateable. He was really hateable to the, to the point where you forget that, you know, those those actors that are able to sort of they're so famous that that's a, that's who they are, but there's the occasional actor that yes they have that fame. Yes, you look at them on screen, you go, "Huh, it's Brad Pitt." But they're so good, you're able to forget that at certain points. You're like, "Holy shit, this character's a piece of shit." That was Ewan McGregor, which I thought was really impressive. Um, here's one thing I don't like about what happened with his character progression. Again, spoilers. Uh, in the end, he dies, right? Blown up to smithereens. You see it right in front of you. Uh, kind of... And again, I shouldn't think this way because people are going to be like, oh, you know, let, it's not all about the one, you know, character or it doesn't all have to be about the men, you know? It could be about the girls kicking ass. Yeah, okay, I get that. But there's something about when something bad, when there is a bad person in Gotham City, I want to see Batman kick the shit out of him. There's just something I want to... There's a little part of me, especially when it's a guy. When it's a guy, you know, I just want to see him get the shit kicked out of him by Batman. There's something about that. And especially when you're a piece of shit like Black Mask was in this. He deserves it. He, the, what they did so well about this, right? So if you if you at any point were like, yeah, this guy's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. He's, um, he's a gangster. Like he's, I mean... We saw him literally uh, skin people's, like, faces off. Just shredded their faces off, hang upside down. A family. It was really dark. And I was like, yeah, that's gross. That's gross. What hit home the most was at a point in Black Mask's club when he makes this woman stand up on the table, makes her boyfriend cut her dress off her, and then makes her dance while she cries. At that point, I was like, oh, okay. Where's Batman? Somebody needs to kick the shit out of this guy. This is ridiculous. My point is that they made him really unlikable in a really, really good way. So Ewan McGregor deserves props for that because he was he was fantastic. Um, look, what else in the film? I, there was things I didn't like. Renee, Renee Montoya, uh, the actor Rosie Perez, it fell flat for me. Uh, the character I didn't care enough about. I didn't give a crap, to be honest. It, I think the reason why was the other girl... So, if you haven't seen it, Renee Montoya makes up one of the Birds of Prey in the end. Spoilers. So, 
the whole plot of the movie is Harley Quinn gets broken up from by the Joker, so she, he dumps her, and you're you know you're empathizing with her about that. The plot is she was untouchable when she was dating the Joker, which makes sense. No one wants to get on the bad side of the Joker, therefore Harley could get away with anything. People start finding out she's broken up with the Joker. People start wanting to kill Harley Quinn. In the process of this, a diamond is stolen from Black Mask. And it is stolen by Cassandra Kane, who is an orphan in Gotham City. If you're not familiar with Cassandra Kane, she goes on in the comics to become Batgirl at one point. She even goes on to be known as Cassandra Wayne at one point, because, spoiler, she's taken in by Bruce. That doesn't happen in this movie. So... Cassandra Kane is an orphan in Gotham City, and she's a pickpocket. That's all she is. And she goes around the streets pickpocketing certain things from people, and she happens to pickpocket a diamond out of Black Mask's henchman's pocket. That was a mouthful. So she does this, right? And in the process of Black Mask being one of the many that want to kill Harley Quinn, as well as Renee Montoya and, uh, uh, well, Black Canary by default wants to kill her, but... Everyone wants to kill Harley Quinn. Black Mask gets her. Harley Quinn knows the diamond was stolen. She's like, I can get the diamond for you. Suddenly, Harley Quinn's off to try and get Cassandra Kane, who has the diamond. Black Mask sets a bounty on Cassandra Kane's head because the deal that he cut with Harley was, look, you can live if you get the diamond. He kind of still wants to kill Harley Quinn. So he sets a bounty to try and get every other mercenary in Gotham City to go after Cassandra Kane too, hoping one of them get the diamond and the girl. Therefore, he can still kill Harley. Apparently, Black Mask is a man of his word, even though he's still trying to get around, you know, holding his word by setting the bounty, which it's a little bit contradictory. But anyway, it works nonetheless. So that's what we're faced with, okay? Now, back to me saying the thing about having some form of uh, care or compassion or something towards the... How many is that? Cassandra Kane, Harley Quinn, Renee Montoya, uh, Black Canary. Is there just four? Huntress. Five. One of the five girls that make up uh, the Birds of Prey. So let's go through them. All right, we've got Harley. So why do I care about Harley in this movie? Well, she got broken up with by the Joker. They do a really good job of humanizing that. So everyone's gone through a breakup. Everyone can sympathize with the emotions you go through when you have a breakup. Harley Quinn is destructive, self-destructive. Just so happens she's normally self-destructive. But the, the device in this film of the breakup with the Joker being what has you know set her to be facing all these... Um, hurdles and roadblocks, I guess, um, that's what makes you care about Harley. Then you've got uh, Cassandra Kane. She's an orphan. Gotham City. Or- orphan. I-, I need to say no more. She's an orphan, the poor thing. Uh, then you've got uh, Black Canary, who's in the grip of Black Mask. She sort of is forced into being a driver for him, and therefore that snowballs out of her control, and suddenly she finds herself caught up in all these wrongdoings, whether it be, you know, murder or whatever it is, and she can't quite shake the grip of Black Mask. Um, And then you got Huntress, whose family was killed when she was a young girl, went off, learned how to be a, I mean, similar to Bruce, learned how to be, you know, a badass fight to come back to 
seek revenge on those who killed her family. That's Huntress. Renee Montoya, she's a she's an alcoholic cop in Gotham, whose biggest uh, thing or trial and tribulation to overcome was that a guy got a promotion over her, and she's she, oh, she's just been filthy ever since. Old Renee, I just don't care. That doesn't it doesn't do anything for me at all. So that's why I sort of felt that her character was eh. She just didn't fit. Um, yeah, towards the end of the movie, it, look, the whole thing, it actually progresses quite well. It's pretty fun. Uh, towards the end, it gets... It, it There was flashes and shades of uh, Suicide Squad. So if you remember Suicide Squad, the ending sort of... It went really... Um, what's the word? I guess sci-fi? As we saw... Um, uh, the main, I can't even think of who the main baddie was in that, but you saw uh, it all, yeah, it became very sci-fi-like, and that was what happened uh, in at the end of this movie, right? Because we knew Black Canary was a badass. She could fight, but if you're not familiar with the comics, you don't know much else about her. So when it gets to the end of the movie, and the birds of prey are trapped in this, um, oh, this was actually a really good part. They went to an amusement park in Gotham City, an abandoned amusement park, which is, if you're a fan of Batman in general, the Joker, holy shit, that was like a little, you know, small orgasm or something. Um, it was essentially a, a, a location synonymous with the Joker. And that's sort of, it was like a lair for him for a long time. Obviously, in this movie, it wasn't, but uh, that was really cool to see. Could have been done better. Yes, hopefully they do it better in a Batman movie at some point. Anyway, back to my point. So, by the end of uh, Suicide Squad, we get, oh my goodness, Enchantress. That's, yeah, Enchantress. Because, see, I was getting confused. Huntress, and I was like, well, it's not Huntress. Why would it be Huntress? Enchantress ends up, like, she's got all these superpowers in the end of uh, Suicide Squad. and she, There's, you know, shit blowing up, and, like, there's, like, stuff swirling around her and it's like whoa this is a very different movie all of a sudden to what we've just done for the last hour that didn't happen in this but there was a moment of jarringness when we've got yeah as i said our birds of prey are trapped uh in this amusement park and they're surrounded by uh these henchmen and gangs that uh, black maskers recruited in order to kill these birds of prey because they are just being pains in his ass and they've got his diamond that's what we're faced with they're out of bullets, they're out of all their ammo, they've got nothing. And now somebody, I think, <laughs> Renee Montoya, the cop, says to Black Canary, you know what you've got to do. And I was like, is she going to sacrifice herself so, so the rest can run? Is that what we're going to do here? Because I don't... I'm confused. Did Renee Montoya say that? Did Did you hear that, Georgia? I, I don't know. I, I think that's what happened, though. Suddenly, Black Canary gets up, runs out into the middle of where all these people are, and lets out what I wasn't even registering was going to be coming. But as soon as it happened, I went, oh, uh, yeah, yeah, true. Didn't really think they were going to do that. Uh, the sonic scream of Black Canary. A, a superpower. Just 
launched out a superpower, just like that. No one else in the movie has superpowers. And here comes Black Canary and just screams. And it creates a sonic sound wave, I guess, which sort of blows everyone back. And Harley, not seemingly bothered by the sonic sound wave, jumps in front of it on her roller skates and takes off after the car that Black Mask and, spoilers, he's actually got Cassandra Kane at this point, uh, take off in. So Harley's off to try and get them. And, and yeah, I don't know. Put it this way, uh, Georgia doesn't follow comics at all. She's got a rough, 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 rough idea from listening to me uh, spew words in her direction and or the movies she's seen. She's never seen Cassandra, uh, not Cassandra Kane, Black Canary. So she looked at me and she was like, what was that? And I said, yeah, I totally agree. What was that? That just felt weird. The Sonic Scream slash any superpower had not been established as being a possibility in this world prior to that happening. The whole movie. And then I said to Georgia on the way out, I said, oh, actually, towards the start when Black Canary's singing on stage in Black Mask's club, she hits a note and a glass shattered. Yeah, I didn't really register that until right now. Because when that glass shattered in the movie, I thought... That's weird. Wouldn't he be annoyed that she's shattering glasses? I didn't even click. So I think they didn't do a good enough job in setting up for that because I think what they were wanting in that moment was for that to be some sort of really uh, uh, heroic moment where we all go, yes, the sonic scream. And instead, we were like, what was that? So that fell flat. But anyway, the movie ends perfectly because, spoilers, they end up killing Black Mask, which, as I said before, it was a total disappointment. I would like to have seen him return down the line. Um, they kill him, get Cassandra back. They're all sitting around having, having some cocktails, the girls. Eh? The sisters are together having some cocktails. And uh, it ends a way that I was happy with. Because my whole issue with this movie was, why is Harley Quinn playing so well with others? We had her in Suicide Squad, and yes, she didn't play too well with others. We had her in this. In the end, all in all, she didn't play that well with others. She was pretty on her own. But the last 20 minutes of the movie had a real sister act. You know, it was a real girls, you know, girls standing together, girls being one. And that's fine, but Harley Quinn's in this. Why? Harley Quinn's a bad person. The rest of them are not bad people. They're good people. So then, what happens? They're all sitting around. Harley goes into the bathroom to help Cassandra, who's still trying to pass the diamond through her. Did I say that she ate the diamond? I don't think I even said that she ate the diamond. She ate the diamond, so she was trying to, you know, poo it out. So she's in the bathroom trying to do that. Harley's like, I'll go give her a hand. The other girls, the birds... Of prey. They're sitting around and uh, they hear car tires screeching outside. And Harley and Cassandra have taken off. Harley screws them over one last time. She takes the girl who has the diamond. She takes off. And not only that, she steals Black Canary's car in the process. She's still a piece of shit. She's still a bad guy. And that's what it should be. Harley Quinn should not have left this movie being a you know, a good person with friends. It's not what it should be at all. The only person that Harley Quinn has uh, an allegiance to 
an undying allegiance to is Joker. And that's not really lost in this movie, I don't think. I think I think there's still room where you could see her being back with a Joker down the line. Absolutely. So I like that. I liked how it ended. Did you like my disjointed retelling of Birds of Prey? Oh, I forgot the best bit. <laughs> Speaking of disjointed. Um, here's where they fucked up with this movie in terms of the marketing of it. I think there was a missed opportunity. This movie could have been called Harley Quinn, right? Harley Quinn... You know what it could have been called? Harley Quinn and the Emancipation of... Well, it couldn't have been called that. The Emancipation of Harley Quinn. Could have been called that, easily. It sort of sums up the Joker relationship. It's, It's about her getting over Joker. In the process, she meets these women. At the end of this movie, Harley's doing a voiceover. She's talking about, you know, her and Cassandra have gone off. They took some of the money that they stole and they've started their own business and it's like them being badasses. Yeah, real Harley Quinn thing. It's all right. And then she talks about the other girls, the rest of the gang. And she says, Renee and Black Canary and Huntress, they got together and started their own thing. They took the money they stole Renee Montoya left the police force, of course. They took the money they stole and they started their own little crime-fighting unit. They call themselves the Birds of Prey. Bam! Bam! That's how you get a Birds of Prey movie. That's how you get me semi-interested. So by the end of this movie, now we should be talking about a Birds of Prey film. Now the whole thing would have been, well, you know, you wouldn't have cared about a Birds of Prey film if Harley Quinn wasn't in it. Yes, this is true. Yet... You have this movie you just had, but name it something else. Name it the Harley Quinn movie. Name it Harley Quinn. Whatever you want to do, and introduce Birds of Prey through the story of Harley getting over Joker and trying to get back on her own feet, trying to lead her own life. We meet the birds of what would be become the Birds of Prey. And then in the end, you introduce, and they were known as the Birds of Prey. You know, it's not, it's not hard. That's what I walked out thinking. I walked out thinking, ah, oh, the next movie should have been Birds of Prey. Yeah. That would have saved a lot of headaches at Warner Brothers. A lot of headaches at the movie theaters who had to change the freaking title on their websites. Anyway, what did I think? All in all, what did I think? I liked it. I liked it a lot. I didn't like it a lot, but I liked it. Liked it a great deal. There's issues with it, absolutely. Was it a great um was it it's on it's on a similar page to Suicide Squad. I actually think it was better than Suicide Squad. And that had Will Smith and Margot Robbie in it. And quickly, Margot Robbie, oh my goodness, give her all the money in the world to continue playing Harley Quinn forever. Because she at, at this point, she's still got James Gunn's Suicide Squad coming up to play Harley Quinn. By the end of that, she will be, I think, she will be Harley Quinn. So, you know, there was always been, oh, Harley Quinn is the animated Harley Quinn. After this, I'm in the camp of, no, Margot Robbie is Harley Quinn. That's just how good she plays it. Her Harley Quinn is the epitome of Harley Quinn in my book. Shoot me if I'm wrong. If if I'm no good, if that is a terrible opinion, let me know. Comment it. Don't be a coward. Well, you'd be a coward by being a keyboard warrior, but... You get my point. Anyway, that's enough about Birds of Prey. Okay, liked it. It was enjoyable, fun movie, good for popcorn. 
you know, eating together, popcorn flick, I think they call them. Moving on, the other thing I want to talk about today is the Batman. Robert Pattinson's the Batman. Yeah, everyone's got to be aware of this, right? If you're not, it freaking broke the internet last week because they showed the first look at Pattinson in the bat in the batsuit. Now, if you've listened to this podcast or you know me, you know, <laughs> huge Batman guy, huge. I mean, I literally said in the in the Birds of Prey thing, I said, oh, I'd love to see Batman come in. Mate, it's not a Batman movie. You need to stop that. I know. Now, let me have a little almond latte here. Got it in a travel mug, so it's keeping it warmer. It's good. It's good. What did I think of the new bat suit? It's always it's always such a scary thing for me when they're doing a new Batman. Because I think I was more scared this time. Because you 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 wait for the backlash. Admittedly, well, you know, I, I thought, oh god, when they show this bat suit. Doesn't matter what it looks like, people are going to shit all over it because one, people are still caught up on Robert Pattinson is Batman. Edward from Twilight is Batman. Yeah, he's Batman. All right. Michael Keaton, Mr. Mum was Batman. If you don't know what Mr. Mum is, look it up. It was, you know, Michael Keaton was a comedy actor before he became Batman. Arguably the best Batman there's been. Arguably. So, obviously, we had Christian Bale who had a very tactical bat suit. All right, you've seen uh, the Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. You've seen all that. It, the the bat suit in that was armorish. It looked practical and tactical. <laughs> um, gadgets. It was very much a modernized take on what somebody would have to wear. Um, I mean, it was made from Kevlar because it had a military uh, background in where the equipment came from, and then it was molded into a bat suit. So. It was very practical. If somebody, if I was rich and then I wanted to be Batman, that's probably the bat suit I would need in order to, you know, do it successfully. And I was always all right with it. I thought, yeah, it's, it's fine. I was always annoyed, though, by the fact that it, the bat suit never looked like it did in the comics, the way it did in all the movies. In all the movies, it's always been black. Now, there was the brief grey bluey thing. I would almost say silver. It was almost a silver bat suit that Clooney ran in Batman and Robin. <laughs> that doesn't need to be remembered. Um, so, they it had always been black. And in the comics, for the most part, almost, like, yeah, for every part, it's been sort of a black cow and a grey suit, and, and you know, black boots and whatnot, black gloves, and then a dark black bat over his chest, and that was, I don't know, for some reason that resonates more with me, that, that suit, I, I prefer it, but the concern was always, uh, would a, would a grey suit look silly in live action, like, in real life, if somebody jumped out of, you know, a building, onto the ground in front of you, and they're wearing a grey suit, would you be like, it's <laughs> a weird, that's interesting colour choice? Whereas if it's all black, would you be, well, that's just scary. There's something about something being in all black that is more intimidating. So there was always that, like, uh, maybe that's why they don't do it. It's, it just doesn't test well on, on screen. Then we had Affleck. Holy shit, that, that suit, that's the best suit. It's the best suit, hands down. 
I don't care what anyone says. It's the best cow. Had the short ears. I love short ears on my back cow. It's got to have short ears. Um, the gray suit. And not only the gray suit, it had that Dark Knight Returns real big fat bat symbol on it. it. wasn't a skinny bat symbol. It was a fat one. So that was what I liked about that. So in going into this new film, I'm like, I really hope they stick to the gray. I really hope they don't go back to the black because um, back in black, some might say. Almond latte to celebrate that. Shocking. Um, so anyway, got revealed. I was on. I was at the gym, and you know, normally as you do between sets, you take four to five minutes to go on Facebook, and scrolling. And I was like, "Holy shit! Hang on." First look at Batman. Holy crap! Go into it. My excitement level's peaking at this point. I, I'm looking around like, "Oh my god, is anyone else seeing this?" I'm like. There's like 30 people in the gym. <laughs> oh my goodness, I need to share this with somebody. Didn't really have anyone to share it with right in that moment. I go on, I watch it. And it starts with the red light. It's it's It bleeds in a red light. And into the frame, blurred in the distance, you see... You freaking see... You see Batman. You see Robert Pattinson as Batman walking into frame. You know what I'm going to do right now? Let's try this. Let me actually... Let me actually pull this up. YouTube. I want to watch it back. Here we are. Alright, I'm not going to turn the sound off. But if you've heard the sound, it, that's also by the composer of the film. They've got the new Batman score going on in it, which I was loving, by the way. It's like a remix of Danny Elfman's from 1989 Batman. It's got a bit of that in it. Yeah, and so Batman walks straight into frame, walks up close straight away. That's when the blur goes and we focus in on the bat symbol. I'm going to pause it there and look at that bat symbol. So, bat symbol looks totally different than what it has in the past. It looks like metal. It almost looks like a battering at first. At first I was like, oh shit, okay, they're going they're going the detached like batarang look. So that can pop out of his chest and he can throw it at somebody. It's a weapon, his bat symbol. That's what I thought. There's people far smarter than me out there that probably should have their own podcast, if I'm totally honest. Because what people have noticed now is that it looks like, not only could it be that, but it could be taking from the storylines, from the comics, where, so Kevin Smith, uh, if you're familiar, director of Clerks, uh, More Rats, uh, Jane Silent Bob, he is Silent Bob, he's a really talented guy, massive comic book fan, he also has written comics, and he's written Batman on numerous occasions, and for Batman Detective Comics 1000, we've actually spoken about this on the podcast, I did, um, I did an episode on this, and we all spoke about this particular issue as resonating with us really strongly, because in it, it's a short story where Kevin Smith has it written that Alfred is sort of on Batman's case about, look, you need to stop, you need to not have the gun that killed your parents in the house anymore. It is a constant reminder of negativity, and it is a symbol of murder. It's a symbol of hate. It's a symbol of, yeah, negativity in your life that you're constantly reminded of every time you look at it. So you need to either get rid of it or turn it into something uh, that changes your perception of it. So what does Batman do in the comic? He melts it down. 
into like a plate of armor and he applies it to his bat suit. So now it's a symbol of life. It's a symbol of something that will keep him alive rather than something that took the lives of his parents. Really, ooh, really beautiful. Really beautiful stuff. I'm not crying. And anyway, somebody has noticed the bat symbol on the bat suit. Yes, it's metal looking. Yes, it looks like it could pop out. But yes, it actually looks like a cut-up gun. A gun that has been dismantled to a point where he's turned it and shaped it into the shape of a bat and applied it to his bat suit. Holy shit, right? Holy shit. So that's what it looks like we're getting. We're going to be getting, I'm hoping, because if not, we're all going to be really disappointed. We're hoping that this Batman has put the gun that killed his parents into the symbol that killed his parents, turned it into a symbol of hope that is the symbol of the bat. Good stuff. Now, the rest of the suit looks really tactical. Looks very much like the Christian Bale-esque one, but also like the Arkham video game. So you've got, you'll see in that opening shot, his shoulder pads are like moving up and down, almost like they're, I don't want to say robotic, but they're um like hydraulic. I don't know. There's something about the suit that it looks like it... um has some sort of uh, mobility to it that is different to like anything else we've seen. And then we pan up and we get a shot of the cow. The bat cow, the mask. If uh, you don't know what the hell I'm talking about when I say a bat cow. This is different. This is different. And there'd been whispers of uh, the uh, director, Matt Reeves. He was going to take... He wanted to take inspiration from things that he loved about Batman growing up. He was a big Batman fan when he was younger. And... Um, one of the things he loved most was Bat... Oh, God, it's concerning to even say. Batman 66, or the Batman TV series from the 60s, I think. Yeah, it must have been. Now, if you're not familiar, that's the campy Batman TV show. And here we go, Batman 60s. The campy Batman TV show, Batman and Robin Adventures. Um, and... It's sort of one of those ones where everyone looks back. A lot of the older, an older generation, like people in their, I don't know, let's say their 40s, 50s, who grew up on this, they went through a phase where when Michael Keaton's movie, you'll hear like people like Kevin Smith talk about this. When the 1989 Batman, Michael Keaton's came out, they were like, oh, this is Batman. Like that other Batman, he was no good at all. What are we all bloody, you know, why did we love that so much? That's campy Batman. That's like child kitty Batman. Adam West Batman. That's who was playing Batman at that time. So they don't like that. It has this negative uh, connotation to it where you're like, that's no good. No good at all. Well, interesting because as soon as he said that, he was taking inspiration from that. I was like, oh God. I'd heard he was like, maybe there's going to be influences on the bat suit of that. And I was like, oh my goodness. If he goes full like Adam West bat suit, I'm not going to be happy at all. Well, we see it in the cow. We see it in the cow. Because in this cow, the nose is the first giveaway to me. The nose you see, it's, there's nothing covering the bottom of the nose. That's the first giveaway. Usually on a, on a bat cow, the nose is totally covered, where it be on front or underneath where the nostrils would be. It's all covered with mask. On this, not so. The nostrils are exposed. Interesting. The shape of the mask, so there's no like uh, jawline protection. It's exposed jawline, 
um, a pretty far back cut on the actual... So, like, a lot of the cheek is exposed. Um, so, it's pretty... The mouth area and cheek area are all pretty exposed. So, you look up, you've got the mask. It's all very round, almost. We haven't seen the ears. The ears will be the dead giveaway, but at this point... This mask looks exactly like Adam West. Now, we don't know the color. Adam West was like a light bluish, which was no good. And I don't think we can have that. Could it be a dark blue? Maybe. Maybe they're going to go full comics and have a dark gray suit and a light, uh, sorry, a dark blue cowl and cape. There's also a popped collar on the cape, which I don't mind. There's a bit of a collar around the base of the cowl. And where the uh, cape begins, I'm into that. I'm into that. They've really modernized and, uh, I don't know, made it more legitimate and badass, the Adam West Batsuit. That's what it looks like. And I didn't think it was possible. But it looks like maybe it is. Maybe it is. I'm right into it. It's also got this like uh, DIY sort of stitching of the suit. So it looks like the mask, it's like made from leather. And there's like stitch marks around it. So it looks like, looks like this is like an early suit of Batman because this is apparently going to be set in the second year of him being Batman. Uh, so it's still pretty early days, but this is meant to be one in a trilogy of films for this Batman. So, I mean, you know, you're going to get variations of the suit as you go on. This could be an early prototype that he's sort of working on. Hell, there could be another suit brought out during the movie like there was for Affleck. You know, he had the armored suit, he had the normal suit. He then had the tactical bat suit in Justice League. He had three suits and he was only in, well, properly, he was only in two movies. Um, Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Really like what I'm seeing. Uh, the biggest thing to remember as well is you don't really get a good idea from it in this. But Matt Reeves has said, the director has said that he wants to do the whited out eyes of Batman. So you'll see that in like the comics or the cartoons where, you know, when Batman's got the mask on, his eyes are whited out. And so it's just that extra element of not being able to see the person or get an identity of the person behind the mask. They've never done that in the live action besides sort of briefly. Well, obviously there was um, the Ben Affleck armored suit in Batman v Superman uh, when he had like the light up eyes. That's fine, but that's not really what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is um, it's almost part of the mask. It's part of the normal mask to just have the eyes whited out. Not lit up, but whited out. I like that. There's something a bit more scary about not being able to see a man's eyes. Could just be me, but I think that's the whole idea behind doing it. <laughs> so yeah, that's my take on uh, the new bat suit. Uh, sort of a rough take on it. Uh, probably would have been good to have somebody sitting across from me to talk about this. So I might talk about it with someone else at some point because I feel like, look, there's been a lot of positive reception about it online, a lot. But the, as with everything, there's people who aren't as sold on certain things and that's fine too, unless it's Batman and therefore your point is not valid. So maybe I'll get somebody like that. I feel like Justin, who we've had on a few times, he, he tends to be a little bit more negative on the DC front. Um, but he's a Batman guy, so I don't know. I have to ask him to find out. But anyway, that's me talking all things Birds of Prey. Again, not a bad flick. Not a bad little easy watch flick. Don't keep those expectations at bay, and you might be okay. All right? And my thoughts on the Batsuit. So, you know, pretty productive. 
50 uh, odd minutes we've had here. It's been a bloody pleasure, guys. And uh, come back soon for more of the Pop Culture Report. All right. Salmon latte has gotten cold and I have to go heat that up. Have a good week, everyone. This has been a Cheeky Leprechaun production.